On tonight's episode, Strange Days, starring Harrison Ford and Rutger Hauer. With Angela Bassett as <laughs> Love. Look, man, when you're going off the fly and you tell me you've got it, why and, are you staring at me? And Katie something as Joy, the AI. I don't think this is the movie we're supposed to be doing, man. Blade Runner! No, it was definitely not Blade Runner. This is uh, World of Tomorrow, the podcast where we talk about future's past. Yeah. we got a special guest tonight. Yes, we do. Who, who are we? Who are we? Who can say? Good question. As Jim Cameron would ask, who are we? Am I an explorer uh, who makes films to fund his deep sea adventures, or am I a deep sea adventurer who, who, who you know, that's the same thing twice, but... No, I'm Devin Kelly. And I'm Jeremy. The government says my name is Max Paltier. And we watched Strange Days. So, uh, so Max, it's good to have you on, man. Uh, you, uh, you actually were the one first one to tell me about this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's a reason why I was told about it, <laughs> and that's because a character, a an enjoyable character, we'll say, <laughs> before we get to it, is also named Max Feltier. Yeah, it, it's... <laughs> and I was not told what the character was in the movie before it was shown to me by my dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ages ago. Very fun. How old were you when you saw the movie? I don't know, like 16. Oh, well, that's still pretty young for it. Nah, I think that's pretty young for this I mean, movie. It is what it is. Yeah. Jeremy, the way you introduced it to me was, that's only the first rate. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. pretty mature. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great movie, though. It uh, it's, was done by, uh, written by Jim Cameron. Good old James. Good old James Ca- Jim James Cameron. Is this uh, Jimmy C? Right after Terminator 2? Uh, what year was Terminator 2? Like, it was, ni- I thought 92 was Terminator 2, but yeah. I thought it was after True Lies. Uh, yeah, yeah that's right. Idea. So it was, uh, although it was not di- directed by him like those other two. This one was directed by his wife. Yeah, Catherine Bigelow. Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow. Drop it, Bigelow. Dr. Bigelow, as she's called on the streets in her cameo. Yeah, she's done a lot of good stuff. She's done The Hurt Locker. Uh, what else? Near Dark. Near Dark. She also won uh, an Academy Award for The Hurt Locker over her. Well, then ex-husband, still ex-husband. Oh, what was James yeah. Cameron up for? Uh, something with Avatar, I, th- I believe. One of the, one of the many av- one of sixteen yeah. Avatars. Well, I mean, it, there's only one right now. Right. Oh, actually, they they weren't married at the time. They divorced in '91. Oh, okay. oh well, well, never mind. Well, it's good what? that they were on so, good. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. they were in good enough relations <laughs> that they could make this movie. And I'm gonna steal an Academy Award later. <laughs> gotcha. But... <laughs> yeah, that, that's her. Oh, that's Point her Break. Com- Point Break. Yeah, 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 that's her. Like, yeah, yeah. So she's like pretty competent in action movies. Like, there's no doubt about that. And, she's uh, got it down pat. And she do- and it shows in this movie, which has a lot of great action scenes. Yeah, they're, they're really intense. Um, what year is it set, by the way? Uh, I believe 1999. In Los Angeles, cyberpunk dystopian Los Angeles. So uh, before we do the full plot summary, I noticed that it felt like a very 80s movie, and that is apparently because he was working on it in the 80s. Oh, uh, wait, like when. Jim Joe Cameron, yeah, yeah, was like had a, had the idea like in '85. That makes sense. And it yeah. feels much more like an '85 movie than it does '95. There's a lot of RoboCop references in it, also. <laughs> Are there really? There, there's a handful. Yeah, you have they to make, point them out. They make a couple mentions and like you know that's when, cool. When, how Max dies. Oh, oh, Spoiler. very true. Oops. Yeah, yeah. All we're missing out was the super long arms scene. <laughs> it was the, it was the stretchy arms. Um, this is our podcast, and although we try and keep it short, let's go along. Who cares? Let's be bad. We're gonna do two hours. Well. Sure. Okay, fine. Three right. hours. <laughs> We're just going to watch the movie with you guys, the listener. So You're just going to have to listen to it. Yep. Open up your podcast bean and type in netflix.web. And yeah, we're going to save you some time, so start at timestamp yep. one minute one. and two seconds. <laughs> Drag and drop the uh, the one minute and two seconds icon into your podcast bar and click load. And then we'll let you know what ske- scenes we skip. <laughs> Probably the first. Yeah. Yeah, so Max, it starts off in the last couple days in 99, right? Yeah. And it starts off without our main characters. It's uh, two guys who are doing a robbery at a random, I think it's like a Chinese restaurant. They're doing their thing, stealing their money, cops come in, they gotta run, and there's this long extended scene. Oh, by the way, the cool thing about the scene is one of the uh, robbers, it's all first person. Yeah, yeah. Point of view. And he'll walk by mirrors and you see him, it's super technical. And it looks like it's all done at one take over the course of, it's like a 10 minute scene almost. Yeah, it was pretty long. Yeah. And it there are cuts in it, but they're really quick cuts for when it's like, you know, they're, they're moving the camera quickly, all that jazz, all those fancy techniques that, you know, all the film people know. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways. He's a film uh, guy. I just yeah, watch yeah. I just watch a lot of shit movies, so. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I do both. <laughs> and so it, uh, 
ends, the scene ends with the, uh, the guy who you're following, or not following, but you're watching first person, jumping between two buildings, falls to his death, and then you have uh, Ralph Fiennes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to pawn it off the video. It's like a great so, snuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, well, no, he, he doesn't they, deal in snuff. So they, uh, what it is is so Ralph Fiennes wakes up, well, not wakes up, but like is, is startled because of the death. And it was, so he was watching it on this weird device that like connects to his head. It's like a MRI brain reader. Yeah, it looks like one of those, it's like a sleep study. Yeah, it looked, it, yeah, it's, sleep study, yeah, study, yeah. Yeah. it's a sleep study thing hooked up to a mini disc player, <laughs> which is Sony pretty accurate actually. Player, <laughs> yep. yep. Sony paid a lot of money to be associated with this yeah. movie's horrible treatment of women. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, uh, it is Fox. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, what you find out is Ralph Fiennes' character, whose name is Lenny. Lenny Nero. Yeah. He is a guy who deals in these squids, and they're not legal. They're just done on the underground, people record them, and it's normally, like, it could be anything from fun, fun sex scenes to snuff films, apparently. Yeah, well, interestingly, uh, that's the only thing they have, that in action, there's only, like, two things you can play if you get into squids. Like, there's no scene of, like, oh, wouldn't it be sweet to, you know, like, jump out of an airplane, or, like, wouldn't it be sweet to, like, you know, tape a cool scene with a story? No, they're all just, like, idiots. Ooh, a and e <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, there's the one scene where, the, like, later in the film, the guy who's crippled is, oh, like, that's true. watching yeah. a dude jog. That's right. Yeah. No, no legs, but do. And not really that, but during the scene, uh, at, at when uh, Ralph Fiennes wakes, um, the dealer, or the supplier, or whatever, who he's talking to, um, I forget his name. The Tick. Tick, that's tick. it, yeah. The Tick. When he's talking to the Tick... The take is basically saying, like, it could be any normal everyday life. That's what you tell me. Like, <laughs> anyone can find enjoyment in anybody's life. And he's trying to be, like, you know. Yep. It, uh, so apparently they exist, but we only get to see the gruesome stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just struck me as strange, considering how many VR games are not about shooting. How many VR games are about, like, an interesting story. Or, like, an office setting. Yeah. Or, or comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or how to flip burgers. How to flip burgers. Yeah. Hell, yeah. I uh, think it's just because those aren't... VR is more of, like, interactive. That's this true. is just straight, like... VR. Oh, yeah, we should say, you, you do feel what's going on, but yeah. at no point in the in the squids do you interact. Right. No. It's like a movie with an extra sense. And yeah, you can feel everything, see everything, hear everything. If and your eyes are open, you get double vision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lenny leaves, and uh, at the same time, we get an incredible scene with Iris, a friend of his ex-girlfriend's, running from two cops. Who And who are those two cops? Oh, God, Vincent D'Onofrio and... Uh, is it Wilson, Wilson William Fitch? William Fitchner, yeah. two Hollywood that guys. Yeah, <laughs> you see him all the time. You really do. Yeah. I mean, D'Onofrio has had some big roles. He was at SVU, Law & Order SVU. Uh, well, yeah, I think that's his most notable. I mean, uh, he does a lot of other the things. The Kingpin. We have he was uh, uh, Men in Black. He was the uh, cockroach. Yeah, cockroach guy, Men in Black. Guy. Uh, he was also in uh, Danny Green. Basically, everybody in this movie has been in like six other good movies. Yeah. Uh, or shows. And uh, Vincent D'Onofrio looks like he's possessed by the spirit of a rhino at all times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah, that's very fair. Because every time you see him, his head's like slightly down like he's about to <laughs> rain. He's about to charge. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you just saw this yesterday, Max, but like it still strikes me like the cops are running. D'Onofrio is sweating buckets and he just, <laughs> he just opens fire on the stripper like in the middle of a, of a crowded Yeah, subway. he has yeah. no like limiter. He no. just goes for it. <laughs> like a rhino. Know. Yeah, and uh, William Fitchner—he he gets his arm stuck in the subway because he's really trying to kill and grab Iris. And William Fitchner is like, "Oh, what's that?" Because he grabs off her squid device. Yeah, because like it was hidden below her um, wig. That's right. Yeah, which is very, which is often bad wigs. Yeah, often very bad wigs. Very bad wigs. Yeah. Uh, so they escape. Lenny um, goes to hang out at, at a bar with his <clears throat> buddy Max Peltier. Yep, that's a me. <laughs> How was working in this film? It's kind of weird, as a six-year-old. As a six-year-old, it looks just like Tom Sizemore, who plays Max. Man, let me tell you, I, I ha- you remember that one Robin Robin Williams movie, Kid? Oh, classic. That's what happened to me, only... It was uh, a big situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> issue. That slowly growing towards Tom Sizemore. <laughs> My parents saw it coming, so they tried to get me in really early. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peltier is, he's a PI in, like, dystopian 99 LA, right? Yes. And, uh... If I remember correctly, he used well, to be, like, Lenny's, like, uh, partner when yeah. they were back in the forest. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So they, they exchange some banter, and they basically explain that, you know, they have a very nihilistic outlook on the world right now. Yeah. They're both 
great friends, but they hate everything about the world. Right. Yeah. And uh, they're both chronically low on funds. Um, and uh, he gets a message. How does he find out about about his girlfriend? I forget. What happens is he was trying to make a sale to some pawn. Tom Sizemore comes up with a gun. Right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's how it starts. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes out to his car and sees it getting towed. Iris tells Iris. Uh, tells uh, Nero that Faith, Faith being his ex-girlfriend, yeah, played go. by Miss... Julia Lewis. Miss Juliet Lewis. Yeah. Yes. Of uh, the fly fame. <laughs> Wait, what? Wasn't she the lady in the fly? Was she? You know what? Let's just say the fly. Yeah, let's let's just fly. lie and say the fly. Yeah, from yeah. dusk till dawn. Dust well, till from dawn. dusk till dawn. Yeah. Well, well, we'll edit out the phrase fly. Those two, those two dust... cross-country uh, Edgeborn <laughs> killers. Edgeborn killers along with California. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not reading it. I'm sorry, guys. Now right. we're just going <laughs> to... Yeah, welcome back <laughs> to the, the podcasters read Wikipedia. <laughs> one of our favorite bits. Uh, anyway, so she tells uh, Nero, hey, there's a problem with your ex-girlfriend, Faith. you got to go find her. Iris gets... She runs away, so she can't explain to Nero what's going on. Yeah. Lenny gets his car towed because he's a piece of shit. I guess he double parked or something. Uh, yeah, I think he did. Yeah. No, I don't... Th- I, I think it was just no street parking, and he decided to yeah. like, park there anyways. <laughs> Didn't put on his blinkers, that was all. His car is getting towed. Which has the original disc that is the whole plot of this movie. Yeah, the MacGuffin. But luckily, he was able to get a ride to the grim dark. Like tortured dungeon slash rave by his buddy Mace, yeah, oh. played by Angela Bassett, a limo driver. She's, I guess she is, yeah, yeah. Her job, no, she a definitely limo driver, is, but yeah. she is a tough limo driver. She's a, yeah, she's Bitness. a, she's a full street samurai. Like I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. she didn't have a katana. The dreads were like what made it, like street samurai. Yeah, <laughs> Michonne, eat your heart out. <laughs> like, oh yeah, she wears the suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and she, uh, she and Lenny. They go way back. They go way back. Mm-hmm. They explain it. I mean, I don't remember when they explain it, but like, I, it's like a flashback of like uh, when I think it was like her husband got kicked out or got, went to jail, and when yeah. he was there to like take care of her kid. Right. They didn't say exactly what happened. It was assumed like he killed someone in front of their son. Lenny was there as a cop and was helping the son cope with it. Yeah. And that's when Angela Bassett's. Uh, Character came back. And, uh, guys. and it it's pretty it, well, it's a, it's a good scene, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's pretty clear that she has some vague feelings for him, but Nero still wants his, I gotta say, much less attractive ex girlfriend yes. in the form of uh, uh, Faith. Compared to Angela Bassett. Oh my god, yeah. As they as they're uh, as she's getting a ride, they pick up a Japanese businessman Hi. because this movie was made in the 90s. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> we were just missing one thing from that him wearing a tie on his head. Oh my god, yeah. So close. Yeah, yeah like. Uh, Nero heads to the the world's most cyberpunk club I've ever seen. Yeah, and that the thing is, the funny thing is, that was an actual one hundred percent club. No shit, that was filmed in. Wow. Yeah, they got permission to do that. Yeah, I mean, they did. Well, have it, a... I mean, it wasn't like just random people in the club, but that club is a real club. That's <laughs> oh, how it's uh, I was about to say, wow, a lot of real freaks. Freaks <laughs> <person> there. <laughs> Didn't realize there were so many people with, like, leather sh- shirts with cutoffs. Yeah, I was kind of questioning, like, it's, man, they had a good budget for this, so I guess, like, they did, they could trim it somewhere. Yeah, a lot more attractive people in that club. And it's also strangely multicultural, <laughs> which yeah, I thought very was... much so. Yeah, I mean, like, Daft Punk was there playing some beats. And... Oh, what's the name of the guy who plays... Are you talking oh, about Wincott? Oh, oh, Wincott. Michael, Michael Wincott. Wincott, that's right. And he plays... Oh, what's that idiot's name? Um... The Philo Grant, Philo Gant, and so Philo is this music producer who's got his thumb on Iris now. Thumb well, on Faith. Now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean she. He also has the thumb on yeah, Iris. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, it's like a classic film noir situation. The new boyfriend's abusive. A uh, terrible shit person. He's a terrible person. He controls the uh, the femme fatale. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Nero tries to get up in her business and say what's wrong, and of course she says, "Hey, I'm with Gant now." Leave me alone. It's over. Yeah. Now get in this industrial elevator and leave. (laughs) There's a lot of spikes here. Be careful, bitch. Make sure you have your updated shots. You might get a disease. (laughs) (laughs) You were just a cop. You're not even a cop anymore. Yeah, that was an actual line. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, So he gets kicked out of the club. Rather... Well, to add on to it a little bit, uh, Gantz is a music producer, does a lot of music production, and he manages... Jericho One's a mixture of Malcolm X and like like a... I feel like Jim Cameron doesn't know a lot about hip hop, so he just amalgamates <laughs> them all together. Yeah, that's yeah, a basically. fair statement. But uh, he's just a revolutionary African. Yeah, he's not character. doing a good job. Um, yeah. uh, and he's been mysteriously killed a couple days ago. So as they're leaving the club, um, Nero gets a weird, mysterious package. Yeah, from one of his buds that like controls security. Yeah, and he doesn't know where it came from, and it uh, 
when he hops into the uh, into the car with Mace, he puts it on. Yep. Yeah. 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 Oh God, this is rough. It's. <laughs> yep. It's the first of several horrifying rape scenes. Yeah, like this is the point in the movie where like the emotion like rises and the weight of it comes down a little bit. And yeah. Because it, it, like when I first started watching it, I was kind of like, eh, this is this is a pretty good narrative so far, but I don't see what's going on. And then that happens, and you're kind of like, ooh. I'm complicit yeah, in watching like, this movie. Now, now there's more to it, and then the, and then it just keeps going. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so he uh, starts throwing up, and he's having a terrible time, and he meets up with... Now, mind you guys, we did iterate this, but he can feel everything that's going on in that whole street. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so a, he's <laughs> seen it from the rapist's perspective. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And the reason why it's messed up is because the rapist also puts the same thing that he's wearing on the girl, so it's like effectively two times the experience. Yeah, it's full, like, 90s grimdark. Yeah, very, very, very rough. So, uh, when they pull over, and he explains to, uh, Bassett, like, oh my god, sorry, Mace, Mace. Yeah, <laughs> this Mace. is horrifying, and they get Tick in on this to try and figure out what's going on. Not Tick, I'm sorry, they get Max Peltier in on this. Yeah. Uh, so they start discussing it, and, um, he's like, oh, this must have something to do with Iris, because Iris was telling me, Faith's in trouble, I need help. And he realizes, like, at the last second, oh my god, it's Iris being uh, murdered on the tape. So, uh, at that exact time, really conveniently, the place they pulled over is literally across the street from the hotel that Iris was killed in, somehow. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like, conveniently, they see the stretcher with her on it being removed. That's like if you and I saw, like, evidence of a bombing, and then we looked up and a terrorist was walking past us. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, terrible. Uh, yeah. And um, and then they, they take it on themselves to try and figure out what happened, right? Yeah, uh, so they go over to the, the tick in order to try to figure out if they can figure out the source of it. He, he has no idea. He has no idea. He's useless. Because <laughs> he doesn't do anything. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. really do anything. And they tell him to, uh, and then he realizes, oh, my car, the one that got towed, she, she must have left something in there for me. Uh, and they head to the police impound. And who shows up but our two favorite cops, Vincent D'Onofrio and William Fishner. <laughs> Oh god, I love I love I love them in this movie because they're such a weird like like action part of the movie. Anytime they show up, you know it's going to be oh, like intense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steckler and Engelman. Steckler yeah. and Engelman. Yeah, when the cops show up, they, you just know one of them's going to have a machine gun, the other one's going to have like a, a like a bunch of road flares, and they're going to try and kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's all they want. Rock paper scissors. Yeah. Uh, no, so they I get, want the machine gun. <laughs> William Fitchner, that's not what you sound like. Is it? I don't know. I've never heard him talk. <clears throat> I want the machine gun. <laughs> Generic man voice. Yeah, so uh, they get the disc back, and they're, the cops are about to kill him when a junkyard dog saves them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, leading to a pretty sweet chase scene uh, in between uh, unmarked cop car and limousine. Uh, I, I kind of felt bad for Mace because, like, she keeps sticking her neck out for Lenny because yeah. he's such a bad friend. <laughs> and, like, her whole job just crumbles right before them. <laughs> she needs well, that car. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. She obviously gets shot at a fair bit because she has bulletproof glass and bulletproof, like, <laughs> limo. So that's she true. used to that in some way, shape, or form. I guess, yeah, because she did have, but, like, defense tactics while driving. Yeah, yeah but... This was a little more than normal. That's true. This, the setting has proven that, like, L.A. is a grim hellscape where there's just there's just an M1 Abrams tank in one scene. Like, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, totally okay with it, too. Like, yeah. oh, no, but nobody's gonna... It is what it is. Riot's gonna happen, but we got a tank. <laughs> we got a tank. To take, and in case they, the riders have heavy artillery, yeah. Yeah, the cops were pretty, pretty calm during this time. So. <laughs> uh, so she... They crash, and, uh... D'Onofrio tries to burn their car to, like, kill him. Actually, I thought this was kind of badass. It was super awesome. Yeah, yeah like, I don't remember what exactly happened. Didn't the engine cut? And then no, they, they, they were being chased, and they ended up going down the end of this dock, and there right. was no way to get out of there. You're right. So they had him boxed in, and then Vincent D'Onofrio just walks up with a jug of gasoline that he so happens to have. <laughs> yeah. And just starts pouring on the uh, limousine. And himself as well, because he's Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very intense acting. Yeah. They, uh, and they take a flare, throw on the limousine, lights it on fire. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the only way they escape is by diving into the bay, into the L.A. Bay, and uh, I guess Mace... Quick thinking by Mace. Yeah, yeah, and she uses a shotgun to, like, shoot it out, and they escape. Guys, I just want you all to know, audience here... Uh, Mace is the best character. Oh my god, yeah. she's she's uh, Ripley esque. Yeah, yeah, Ripley esque, and Angela Basket does. Bassett, yeah, Bassett. You know, Angela Basket, right? No. I know the, the, the popular brand of wicker, <laughs> but she does a phenomenal job, like just reeling you in. It's really great. 
Um, so when they meet back up with the with the tick, they play the the tape, and it shows uh, a pretty horrifying scene, actually. And it's, again, one of those nice long takes. This time, from the point of view of Iris, who was killed earlier in the movie. Yeah, but this time it's not as gruesome. No, it's not no. as explicit. What happened on that tape? Uh, so he, so she's hanging out with uh, Jericho one, hanging out in the jeep, driving along below the speed limit, <laughs> and uh, yeah. on the top down in December, in December in L.A., yeah. which I do hear it gets pretty cold. Yeah. Whatever, going well, across a know. bridge. They're going across a bridge. Uh, all and, dressed uh, in club clothes does not look comfortable. <laughs> a cop uh, throws flashers on at them. They pull off to the side, and for some reason, they go to this like deep, dark, like underpass, which like yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> trash cans and stuff <laughs> to. <laughs> To talk to the cops in a reasonable manner. Um, reasonable. <laughs> so the cops, they're not reasonable, though, unfortunately. It's the same two cops we've been seeing. Yeah, the Strickler and Engelman. Yep. Uh, they uh, get them out, yell at them, tell them to get on the ground, go on their knees, beat them around a couple times, and Jericho 1 is kind of taunting him, being like, you're going to be in my next song. It's going to be called something about dumb cops. Yeah, your head looks really bald. You'd yeah. be a great kingpin for Marvel donuts. Comics. <laughs> yeah. donuts, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, um... <laughs> Well, Vincent this movie predicted so much. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio, being the calm, cool-headed character he is, just pulled out his gun and just shot Jericho one straight up. Yeah, and just tried to kill kill the other guy he was with, kill the other hooker, and um, Iris escaped. Yeah, she's um, the only one who is who is born witness to to this to this execution. But this is yeah, this is all recorded on a squid that she had on her head for some reason, which we'll find out later. Yeah, and uh, so then uh, if we all think, oh hey. This is exactly what happened at the beginning of the movie. She was running away from these two. Yeah. yeah. So what's going on now? Yeah. Uh, so uh, Max tells him that. So when they when they go back to the tick, they find the tick has been is brain dead. Right. Uh, from uh, being forcefully refed squid signals over and over. Right. It like burns his ner- ner- yeah, neuro. Yeah. Like yeah. Because you can like amplify or deamp whatever. So you can use some bullshit Reduce to or enhance <laughs> the the experience, which. I mean, I don't know why there's a literally will kill you volume knob. On, yeah. like, a handheld device it's for one, pleasure. two, well, I mean, kill, it's market yeah. tech. So I guess it kind of is like janky, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you get you, what you do is you grab a Sony mini disc player, you, you attach a SNES cartridge to it, yeah. and then just raise the volume yep. up get, real yeah. high. A Star Fox FX chip to, to, for higher rendering. Come on, it's 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 obviously uh, Sega Genesis Blast Audio. It's a blast processing. It was ninety nine, so they're sticking a Dreamcast on that bad boy for. Sure. <laughs> Tick's dead, and uh, Peltier implies that the cops are behind it all, saying that racist cops are like uh, kill squad. a kill squad. Yeah. yeah, I this was a kind of a scene where I like I kind of believed it, but at the same time, I was like, well, that's just fucking convenient. Yeah, yeah it's really convenient. Uh, and uh, at that point, they they head back to the nightclub because they got to talk to Faith and figure out what's going on. Oh, what a good idea. Because <laughs> faith and after is being the like ushered out forcefully last time, yeah, this Lenny t- will be very welcome back with uh, Philo. <laughs> uh, open this, arms. This time, Philo uh, just don't give a shit, and um, they they uh, Philo just says, "Get out of here." And there's a a pretty brutal fight scene where he has a bunch of bizarrely dressed cultists or something like <laughs> like there's a white guy with dreads down to his knees. And, don't you remember this? Yeah, no, like, no, you're talking no. about the actual woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Woman. Sorry, yeah. Make, we we couldn't find anybody shorter for you, so she'll have we'll have to deal with her. Yeah, it's and like starts beating the shit out of Lenny. Yeah, like basically oh, okay. his goons beat the crap out of him for a while. Yeah. And wait, then, no, hold on, wait. Isn't that at the beginning? No, this is the, you know, they, they 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 he has uh, his bodyguard, his bouncer, get yeah. him out the first time. Oh right, right. So like when he time, sends him down the elevator to not the first floor but to basement. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, and it looks like he's about to get his ass handed to him when luckily who shows up but Mace, Mace. with a katana. Woo! Well, uh, no katana, but she has a gun. Might as well I mean, she, yeah. yeah. She could have. Katana branded pistol. And <laughs> it got knocked out of her hands. We just didn't see it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it was and, an edit. <laughs> and uh, she basically single-handedly beats the crap out of these three. Like, like Nero has like a comeback where he hits someone with a, with a wrestling chair. <laughs> yeah, and it breaks over them. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty satisfying, but... Uh, but aside from that, like, she has saved his life twice. Uh, and then he, he forces her to watch the disc to find out what's going on. Uh, so uh, we also forgot to mention that at this point, Faith, right before they get to go down the elevator, Faith is explaining that um, whatever's on the disc would incriminate Philo and the other artists. So she was actively trying to keep uh, Nero and his friends out of it. Like, she was trying to look out for them. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's getting close to midnight, New Year's Eve, and uh, Lenny and Mace are unsure what's going to happen because they, uh, they, they, Lenny knows that Faith is in deep trouble, right? 
Yeah. Mace wants to turn it over to the cops, I think? The, the, yeah, so Lenny wants to turn over... Or Lenny wants to give the uh, squid of the Jericho one killing to uh, Philo to protect Faith. Yeah, right. Whereas yeah. Mace is trying to protect that squid because it's very important that, you know, cops are literally killing people on the streets. And they're worried uh, and basically saying, like, if they trade it in, there'll probably be, you know, a race riot, et cetera, so forth. That would come from being that as a hot situation. Right. I mean, all the riots that have been happening in L.A. up until this point. Right, like I said, like, just guys with assault rifles, actual tanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just in case the protesters grab an M60, they're, they're ready. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're ready to take out that patent. <laughs> Um, so they go to that hotel that you were telling me about beforehand, because there's a big event with all the city's elite for New Year's Eve, which includes like all the police and um, and whatnot. And Philo is going to be there, so he's going to try and rescue Faith. And you were telling me something about this before we started, right? Yeah, this is. We can get to this later, also, but like this was a 100% real 10,000 person party. <laughs> it looks pretty big. Like, like, they sold tickets for it. Got Aphex Twin. And <laughs> oh, this was it. D Light. <laughs> <laughs> this was it. This was the huge one. Yeah, yeah. It is impressive because there are just loads of people here, and like it's you get a aerial shots of just thousands of people. Yeah, it's, yeah. It was pretty cool. Uh, and uh, Philo is somewhere on the uh, the top of it. So uh, he, however, right before he goes there, he talks to Mace, and he's like, Mace. Uh, I'm gonna go. To, I'm, I can't do a good Ralph Fiennes doing an American accent impression. So um, he just like lowers his voice basically and pronounces all of his R's <laughs> extra hard, yeah, like all British actors. Yeah. I am Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Well, yeah. But he gives the disc to Mace, right? Yeah, he gives it to Mace. <clears throat> in, yeah. So they're on the first floor of the hotel at like you know the some one of one of the many parties that are happening there. Oh, and he sees and, the police commissioner there. Yeah, so the yeah. He, yeah. he was basically, at that point, still... But she was basically saying that he was going to give it to uh, Philo to protect Faith. And Mace basically said, I've known you for a long time, but if you do that, I will never talk to you ever again. Yeah. Right. And he then Lenny had a turn of um, conscience and gave it to Mace. That's and right. And told her to give it to Strickland, the police commissioner. That's Straight right. Straight goosebumps in that scene. Because oh, so I really good. thought he was going to be the low life that he kept being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, uh, it was here really he comes. Good. Yeah. At that point, Mesa accosts Strickland in the men's bathroom while he's peeing and forces him to watch the tape. I also like how this is the police commissioner and none of the police guys, like, stop the woman walking into a... Yeah, they're just like, oh, sorry, sir, do you need anything? (laughs) She must really have to go. Like, this guy should have been angry. He should have been like, uh, guys, what the fuck? Yeah. That girl could have had a knife and shanked me. And it was literally, the only people in the bathroom were police officers, except for her. Yeah. It was like 14 police officers taking a piss. Yeah, taking a right. yeah. usual group piss. They're just like, oh, hey, hello, woman. Ooh, interesting. Ooh, coming to me now. Ooh, la, la. Excuse me, Ms. Bassett. So uh, basically, right from there, she um, she tries to have him look at it on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, you hear a zip up, but he's like... <laughs> he, he's, a little, he's a little, I think, uh, rosy-cheeked. Um, yeah. But he goes like, oh, that's ridiculous. That's uh, black market technology. Uh, I'd never do something like that. Right. And, uh, get, get her out of here. Right. Um, and so, so you just she, kind of kick her out of there. Yeah. Which is funny, because... And, and she keeps the disc. Yeah. No, she... Does she? she gives it to him, I see think. That, see, that was the oh, one they, Oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah, I think they pulled from the disc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was a little confused by that, because I was like, where'd the disc go? Say. I didn't really see her, like, exchange yeah, yeah. it. Well, it yeah. just sort of cuts, because then we tr- go to uh, Lenny Nero, who is... Now doing going a, up the elevator. Yeah, classic noir thing. He's about to meet the big bad at the top of a penthouse. Oh, oh God, I didn't even think about that. Oh, that is, like, straight noir. classic yeah. noir. All yeah. he was, if he had, like, Deckard's gun from Blade Runner, it would have been, like, perfect. There just wasn't enough hard shadow to get, get me there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he he finds another disc, which is pretty weird, right? Straight up says Nero on it, so someone knows he's coming. And this one starts off as another horrifying and, rape scene, one of many, like we well, said. To, to say that the penthouse that he was told to go to was he was told to go to by Max to meet up. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. To, yeah, to yeah. They were going to take a great gant together, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he finds uh, that in that video, it looks like Iris is, I'm sorry, Faith is going to get killed, but it's actually just real consensual and rough. And uh, they pull back, and who is it? It's his best friend. It's me. <laughs> it's Max Peltier. Yeah, cynical, cynical Max. And uh, he finds out that uh, fi- uh, Philo. Um, well, Philo. He also finds Philo Gant's body in there. He's been he's killed been as well. deneuralized. Yeah. Or whatever they, whatever term it was. What happens is yeah. he like starts watching the rape scene and then stops because he's like, oh, that's rape. I don't. I want to live through this again. Right. And I want to see the the rape scene of, of Faith. Yeah, yeah. Because he thinks at this point in time he it's actually uh, Gant. 
Right. But then he sees that there's a body in the corner. He goes to the body and finds out it's Gant, who's been deneuralized. So he's very confused and goes to watch the rest of the video. And then that's when he sees that it's his best friend. Because, like, Max just turns and looks in a full, like, floor-to-ceiling mirror. <laughs> yeah. It's me. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> With his long, fake hair. Now, we, we can all agree that when you are having sex, you want to see yourself. So you make sure there's a bunch of mirrors to remind you of your disgusting body. <laughs> oh, penthouse, obviously. Yeah. Penthouse mirrors, come on. I, yeah. I also like... When it, you're like, making love, you want to be reminded of your filth, of, <laughs> of, of, your, of the folds of your skin. Every love scene in this is just full clothes. <laughs> um, so, basically... Nero sees this, takes it off, and he's sitting there, and what happens? Max comes in with a gun pointed at Nero and goes, Hey, bud, how's it going? Oh, it's full noir at this oh, point. Oh, full yeah. noir. Yeah. Uh, so, right from there, uh, you start to hear the whole plan, the whole spiel of what uh, Max actually had been doing this whole time. Faith is in on it, by the way. They're lovers. Well, kind of, yeah. Um, I mean, Max basically explains that, like, oh, hey, you know what? Uh, I... I got hired by Gant and started tracking Faith, and Faith knew me, so we started working with each other, um, and then we kind of wanted to turn this against uh, Gant, and the only way to do it is to fool uh, you and uh, make it seem like you were the one to do this. So basically, he shoots Gant and goes, now I have your gun, now you're the one that's going to be blamed for the murder here. Right, all the, a bunch of the notes about the mysterious... Um, you know, the police killing, that was just incidental. Yeah, that that's what sparked the whole, like, situation to, like, escalate. Yeah, like, but... Hey, they... now we can actually jump on this. Yep, so they're gonna pin it all on Lenny Nero. Good old Len. Good old, good old, uh, no, no-nose, uh, Voldemort here, and, uh, he's gonna get away with it all, and... You're going to die, so I might as well tell you everything. All right, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, while, like, while, while our girlfriend, <laughs> mutual girlfriend, hangs out here in the, the same room, The best bloating. part of it was, Max started doing a monologue, and then he got to a point where, like, Faith says something in the monologue... And then Faith actually oh. walks in the room. <laughs> yeah. <and> like, <laughs> Tell him what I said. Max. <laughs> we had this Tell rehearsed. <laughs> yeah. Do you hear that, lady? That's why we had the big floor to ceiling mirrors so we could rehearse this. It's really hard, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's funny too because Max got like pissed that she was there, and then they started making out awkwardly, oh, and then yeah. he was like still holding the gun, like don't make any yeah, smart moves. Holding the gun, looking directly at Lenny while making out with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of, kind of an intense scene, but yeah. like. He's not a good actor. Man. Oh, he's, 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 not make, he's a good actor. Yeah. This was not a good scene for him to act. No, it was, it was very awkward. I don't think anybody could act that scene. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, um, so the in the climax, though... He's about to shoot Lenny, yeah. and then right as he's about to... Faith has a change of heart and, like, slaps That's his hand. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, because yeah, Lenny does a little... He sla- yeah, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny has a little dialogue that goes like, oh, well, you've never had the same relationship I've had with yeah. you. And yeah. that's, like, I think the moment where she's like, I'm not going to let you die, Lenny. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they fight. Uh, the, the hair comes off, revealing that, yep, Max was the, the rapist and the killer the whole time because he was wearing a squid. I would just like to time. know that, like... Yes, his hair like came off. It it's looked like a wig since the beginning of the movie. Oh, it looked it like looked... if you Google wig. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right there. Yeah. But like everyone else that I've seen wear that wears a squid, it goes down past their forehead. <laughs> <laughs> He's been showing his forehead this whole movie. How the hell did he have a squid? Like, did uh, he, he just he, make it? It's up? only back lobes. Only <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I got gotcha. you. For extra arousal, when I tape it. <laughs> yeah, you actually lose. That's why it's colorblind. Oh, oh yeah. that makes sense. Uh, there's a small plot point about that, but yeah. yeah right. But uh, <laughs> the, the villain's colorblind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it uh, the end result is that I guess he's hanging off a ledge. Yeah, they get into fight, then he ends up hanging off a ledge, holding onto Lenny's tie. That's right. Uh, he, he, throughout the movie, he makes so many comments on Lenny's tie. Yeah. And eventually, he's holding on there. <laughs> Lenny pulls a knife that he stabbed literally in the backwood <laughs> out of his back, and then he cuts the tie and yep, Robocop style. Yep, he doesn't stab his his, his friend and villain's uh, hand. He's like, I'm going to carefully cut this tie off. He wasn't even careful, man. He just, like, slashed that. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine, like, he's got a pair of, sh- like, like, <laughs> yeah. of shears. Let me line this up it's gotta be good <laughs> it's like this grand opening big scissors <laughs> faith <laughs> struggles to get it over the line no not the big check i don't want the big check <laughs> no god damn it um but uh yeah max peltier falls to his death but the movie's not over oh yeah we what still get the base yeah 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 um so mace is uh she's out on the streets and she knows uh because in she the did- party 
and that she's in the middle of the of, of a real life party, real rave. And I wonder if they. I, I assume that they were all told like, okay, this is what's going to happen for this. But you know that some people missed the missed the memo, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I wonder if some people heard the gunshots and were like actually panicked. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Faith uh, Faith sees uh, D'Onofrio and uh, she sees the cops, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And um, there's a big, pretty sweet, like, urban chase fight. Like, yeah, the cops, the two cops chasing her. And, and then she turned, turned the tables on him, and, and uh, I think she she handcuffs D'Onofrio and beats the crap out of uh, out of uh, Fishner. No, no, no. Well, let me explain okay, this. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. straight up, uh, D'Onofrio just starts unloading his clips oh, into right. the crowd once while, again, like, chasing her. Once again, showing... showing <laughs> Full rhino <laughs> style. My, my, my police call sign is collateral damage one. <laughs> Does not care that he... Like, also, the commissioner is there at the party, yeah. so it's like, he's, he knows what he's doing. Um, so, he's chasing her, and uh, he loses sight of her for a split second, and he's reloading his gun. She comes up, knocks him in the back of the head, and just starts beating the shit oh, out of him. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. And then uh, Fitchner comes up and goes like, freeze! She, like, chokeholds him, and then takes the guy's, like, stun gun oh, and just stuns right. Fitchner. <laughs> and, um... Oh, this is so great. Stuns him basically to crap himself because he falls down and <laughs> yeah. he's just unconscious. Uh, she like beats uh, uh, D'Onofrio a little bit more. What, what's his name? Steckler? Steckler, yeah. Sure, why not? Okay. The cops. Yeah, the cops. Um, handcuffs them together and then handcuffs them to like this guardrail or uh, like stage. I think yeah, it's, I think it's, it's, it's one of the, like, the state lighting stage things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's like, ha ah, I got you now, bitches. But then all the rest of the cops finally show up and they're like... Freeze! Get on the ground! She oh, starts yeah. resisting. This scene is actually beautiful, in my opinion, because it's, like, everything that she wanted it, it to be. Because, like, she wants the the cops... She wants the revolution to happen. Oh, yeah. So, like, the cops are, like, starting to beat her down because she's resisting. And everyone's, like, back off looking at them, like, what, like beat this woman down after she also just beat a whole bunch of cops <laughs> up. So it's a little weird. Uh, and then they start rioting. Oh, and a yeah. A huge riot right. just goes off. They like, jump on top of the swan officer's backs and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. L- l- like, a ki- like a kid trying to fight a, a villain in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get off! Get off! Yeah, they, no. uh, they, they bring in the, the... Why would you do that? The, the protesters <laughs> grab their heavy assault rifles and patent tanks that they've been... <laughs> Show, they've shown... So many times. Yep. That, uh, uh, but right before the the bloodshed gets too bad, the the, the commission. What was his name? Max? Strickland. Strickland. Yeah. Walks up and is like, "Everyone, stop!" Yeah. And he was like, "I watched this squid." <laughs> <laughs> no. He he, he, he he said to lock up uh, Stryker and Inglewood or Engelman. Whatever. Or, yeah. Lock and up the back. Lock them up because they were the murderers. They uh, started this whole thing. Yeah. The, yeah. And so they're letting Mace go. And then, um, well, but then right, yeah. So they 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 release them from the handcuffs, and they're about to like take them away. And William Fitchner stands up, takes a gun, (laughs) aims it at himself, and blows his brains out. That's right. And then at this point, Vincent Nafrio goes from casual, you know, nice, nice guy, (laughs) casual, casual Vincent Nafrio, yeah, casual rhinoceros. Um, <laughs> grabs the gun. He's actually he's still handcuffed That's to right. William Fitchner. Starts dragging Fitchner's <laughs> dead right. body. Points the gun at Mace. Uh, at that point, you can hear Jim Cameron saying, "Cut, please, for the love of God, cut." <laughs> he's going full Rhino. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then and basically tells uh, says says some unkind things to Mace. Yeah. We'll leave it there. Yep. Uh, and then sh- about is about to fire, and then as he's about to fire... The stick- stickler says, uh, uh, you're fired, and all the cops... <laughs> and all the cops now freed from Protocol 4. <laughs> well, yeah, about, about when he fires, yeah. the entire, like, police force basically opened fire on him, <laughs> taking him down. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. Yeah. yeah. And is... then, uh, then, uh... Walk off into the sunset, Basically. even though it's midnight. Yeah, <laughs> it's a new century. Yeah. Mace and uh, Mace Hero. and Lenny have seen more bloodshed tonight than their entire lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, they're about to be go to the commissioner's office and do like a seven-hour interview yep. on exactly what happened. <laughs> and then they realize, oh wait, we're in love. Yep. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, and then it, it really is a into the sunset ending for them. Yeah, yeah. At goosebumps, man. I I knew like there was something there, and I was really hoping it would follow through, and it did. So I was <laughs> yeah. happy. 
Hey guys, if you could take a moment and actually go onto iTunes and review our podcast for five stars, that would be great. It really would. Uh, so Apple's pretty opaque about how podcast ratings work. But uh, if you know us in real life or you like what we do, uh, the best way to get the word out is to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And if uh, you give us less than five, that's not great. But uh, hey, it's, give us some critique. It's like when I used to work at GameStop. Anytime you got them to customer review you, uh, anything less than nine was a failure. <laughs> so yeah, five stars is the correct number of stars, and uh, we would love to have your review. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, thanks. Devin, what did they get wrong? Uh, I mean, we don't have a way of recollecting memories in a way that everyone can experience it. Except just for like you YouTube did. 360 videos. <laughs> oh, available now explain. on YouTube I know. Red. <laughs> oh, is this an ad <laughs> shit? <laughs> yeah, so we're sponsored by audible.com. <laughs> I don't think we should actually include that. <laughs> we might get sued. Yeah. Uh, They're working with Amazon now. <laughs> it, it's, not, it's not quite there. We can't get the emotions stored on the mini disc. No. no. Um, but, yeah. you know, we got, we got VR, but it's not quite there. It's no. Yeah. Uh, and um, I think that... Um, at first, I thought that the they were really exaggerating how many assault weapons were readily available in the '90s, and that might be true uh, in 2000. But in, like in 2018, with no assault weapons ban, like the fact that every single storefront has two guys with M16s, I and mean, that could happen. That's entirely plausible. So they got that part right, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I don't think they got that part right now. Yeah. Um, they during the predictions section, um, someone jokingly says that we'll have a second woman president by 2000, uh, implying that we had a first. Uh, at some <laughs> point between the years 1994 and 2000, so, they had. There was. They they assumed that Bill Clinton was just gonna be like kicked out of office and replaced. Was gonna kicked out yeah, by by a woman like instantly. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and then have another one lined up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were what? they were jokingly saying, "Oh, you know, we'll have a second woman president," like as a joke. But like yeah. that does still imply that there was a first between ninety five and two thousand. Do we know that like it was like just an alternate history then? I guess. Well, oh, I mean, yeah. it, I guess so. Yeah, because they never really established like core facts of what was happening yeah. in the 90s. And they never well, really they, they said do mention, historical. Yeah, they yeah. mention uh, ongoing conflicts and, like, rising tensions throughout the world. They talk I about... I mean, Jericho uh, 1 did exist. That's he true, He dropped a yeah. sick yeah, album absolutely. in 99. Yeah. <laughs> Overshadowed by Biggie and Tupac's <laughs> ongoing feud. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's third rate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, timelines or anything, man. It's an alternate history. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. Is we, can, we could say that, I mean, none of this is... All right, well, All anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> Our whole podcast is shit now. Yeah. I thought there were too many mosh pits for 2000. Yeah. Are you sure? No, you're were right. You yeah. In the 2000s, there was like hype of uh, mosh pits. That's when like, you know, uh, Slipknot and stuff was starting That's, to come this off. This is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do think they got the fashion sense wrong. It's all 90s fashion sense, where 2000 oh, had more denim. You know what they didn't do? I didn't see any conspiracy nuts about Y2K. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, yeah. Well, they said the world was going to end. At midnight. Right, but they, they were never mentioned... always joked about that, but there was no actual, yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they don't really mention the internet or anything. Like, not that they could have had a YouTube, but, like, there's no discussion yeah, of... Yeah, there's, like, no computer... Like, there's no, like, nothing related to computers outside of squids. Right. Pretty and, much. And, like, by the 2000s, I think there was there had been a pretty big jump from the early 90s when this film started production. I, yeah. Even with starting production in 94, there were computers starting to become... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had a few like in my basement by '97. Yeah. It's difference between the SNES and like you know the online capable Dreamcast or N64 or PS2 or whatever. Yeah, PS2 was out. So the PS2 was not. Oh wait, in '90. Yeah, that was whatever. The point is that like the the PS1 was out. They really. Although I know that what social commentary was their focus and not like technology, it was kind of surprising for what does is kind of a cyberpunk movie to never bring up more tech stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, the, the main things that it got wrong were the, uh, I mean, obviously the squids. Right. assume that they were. <laughs> right. And the extreme of the uh, race riots. Right, yeah. right. Because uh, this but, was after Rodney King, so, like... Yeah, which was one of the basis for why Catherine Bigelow got involved with this movie. Really? It was post-Rodney uh, King and also... Oh, there was, like, that one thing where, like, Laura someone... Bobbitt or something like that? Yeah, or... where, they, where she cut off her husband's penis. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. Well, it was like an inspiration for like a weird sex crimes in this. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hey guys, what did they get right? Um, well, they actually got quite a bit right. First of all, there were Japanese businessmen in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> 
Even though that was kind of when their bubble already burst. Yeah, it was. I don't remember the term was the like the lost decade. <laughs> oh, was it right? Like, do they actually have a yeah, term like, like from ninety two to two thousand? It's called the lost decade oh because their God. economy had like an eight year recession. Oh yeah, no, I know it was intense because I remember like my teachers all talking about it. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, interesting. They're like, oh, everyone in the eighties was talking about like learning Japanese. And then that stopped in the 90s, <laughs> and then now it's Chinese, so let's right. see when this stops. <laughs> right. Uh, but they got a lot right. Uh, first of all, um, although it's a little exaggerated with the tanks, the, the fact that they really depict police militarization is pretty prescient. Yeah, I mean, you have the tanks coming out and stuff like that that kind of like show like MCATs nowadays. Mm-hmm. And that was like 10 years before those things really started to actually pop up a lot more. Right, Absolutely. Uh, although they got wrong how multicultural all the gangs were going to be, <laughs> uh, they, got, they certainly got right the the fact that, um, you know, uh, people would continue to rally around uh, martyred figures. Oh, what was the guy's... Uh, well, yeah, no, that's definitely something that is key in this film. And, and a lot of it was, like, with the uh, increase of, like, police brutality and stuff like that, that became much more the forefront in this movie, also right. is kind of uh, mirrored in real life. Yeah. Except right. later by almost, you know. A decade and a half. Yeah, but I, I think the feel is there, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, they get... Um, I think that although they didn't predict VR correctly, they did predict the idea that VR would have uh, a seedy implications, right? That things that would ha- that you could do in VR. Uh, um, okay, like the, like the VR is like, is like the squib? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, no, I'm saying that um, although they don't... We don't have VR. That's a recorded experience. The idea that you would do VR not just to like play a game, because in the '90s we had VR stations and they were like the Gundam game, right? But like right. today, even though they're far less pressure, like accurate, there are like VR sexual experiences. Really? Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I don't even look that stuff up. So. No, if you go on Pornhub, VR is a tab. Oh wow! Okay. I'm not joking. That's intense and crazy. Well, you don't feel it. I've tried. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> yeah. Is that why they sell they sell the headset and then an additional <laughs> the item? The Pornhub Rift. <laughs> yeah. um, well, and also like VR is much more. You, you do see a lot of places now. You go on Twitch.tv and get some random dude like VR like walking around Japan. Right. Um, you yeah. Like Andy Milanakis yeah. walking around Japan VR style. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you got a good point. Yeah. Here's my question. Um, what was the guy the the football star? Did they say the oh, team that he worked for? They mentioned for? his name, and he was Football on like the Rams star. or something. Yeah. And oh yeah, he's yeah, the, the bodyguard. The bodyguard. Yeah. Who? Um, he's like, sorry, man, I got to do this. <laughs> yeah. Who beats up Lenny in the alley the first time? Just like gives him like a one or two punches. Yeah, that was awesome. When Lenny tries to like bribe him with a fake Rolex. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which he just has twenty of. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I. Can we assume that he has like a traumatic brain injury? Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't seem very good at fighting. I don't know. Lenny, honestly, he's not that great of a cop or like a detective. No, he's a noir character, right? He's yeah. always underpowered. He's like he tries to weak. always talk his way out, and he always charisma twelve, not that good. Uh, charisma <laughs> is like four for him. Yeah, <laughs> fails every yeah, role. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like there is there a single conversation that he tries to win over by being like witty or whatever, and just actually succeeds? I don't think so. No. Every single time he fails. Uh, talking to Mace. Mace, but I don't think he's trying to like. Win those. That's true. Yeah, he's definitely not a very character. I mean, it's he, a very noir. Did, I, yeah, I think he just proves a point, and then Mace goes like, "Okay, yeah, you're right," and <laughs> yeah. like just like, "Fine, I'll, you know what? I'll, yeah. I'll go." Right. Absolutely. So, uh, as far as cultural context goes, I actually did find an academic paper, someone's PhD thesis, that uh, cited this movie a couple times. Yeah, uh, who was it? Uh, it was Reading Cyberspace by Robin Stout. Uh, she was getting her PhD in English. And she mentions uh, that Strange Days is the cusp of movies that transition from written the written word, which was what it was for Neuromancer, you know, Gibson's classic, right. uh, to uh, primarily movies, right? Yeah. Um, she mentions how uh, the at that point, cyberpunk's themes had, in her opinion at least, uh, been disseminated into pop culture to the point that... Uh, avant-garde writers who really wanted to get edgy with it, like mm-hmm. really show something experimental, had moved to filmmaking with it, and that there was a dearth of cyberpunk traditional fiction at this point, which is interesting. I'm not sure if I agree, but it's uh, it's cool to imagine that the, you know, the idea of a squid was normalized to the point that Catherine Bigelow and, Con- and Cameron, who had done mostly sci-fi stuff, but she had not, uh, were willing to make this movie. Yeah. Whereas think about... Um, 
uh, Blade Runner, you know, 15, 12 years before, which is cyberpunk and is super esoteric, and nobody wanted to work on it because they didn't think it would sell. And it didn't, actually, because that movie flopped <laughs> well, also. Well, I mean, to be fair, it, this it, one didn't. Strange Days didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the budget greatly outweighed the amount of money yeah. it made. Good point. What was that one movie we looked at there? The budget was, 30 it was mil- three uh, million. million? Strange, or er, Cherry. Uh, Cherry 2000. It made, like, oh, yeah. $10,000 at the back. <laughs> no, not million. even. Was, yeah. Uh, I thought that Strange Days, um, so looking at some other reviewers, they, they mentioned that this is one of the first times VR is depicted in this way. We have VR depictions beforehand, right? Let's talk about the like iconic... Lawnmower, lawnmower Man. Lawnmower Man, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Strange Days, according to them, is the first time that VR is used to draw the viewer of the experience in. Not in the universe, in the fiction, but us as a viewer. We see yeah, VR. Yeah. It actually took a year to develop the camera setup for those shots that they did in the movie. Oh, oh wow. Which is super Part high. of the reason why that it stood out so much. Super high field of view. Yeah, yeah, but like you were, they were able to actually like I don't know how it was done, but like you had the mirrors and stuff like that. And we weren't able to see the camera, right? Right, so right. Like it was just obviously angles, yes, but it wasn't like the massive cameras that were mm, there. At the right. Point. I know there was no like viewfinder or anything like that, so they had to like do it on the fly, wow. have auto adjusting, auto um, uh, 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 focus, focus. Yeah, All extra hard when you are um, you know doing a, a a jump from one roof to another. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. example, uh, and that kind of makes sense though. It it. Uh, other VR stuff I think of, be it, you know, crappy episodes of Star Trek, Lawnmower Man, uh, Neuromancer, although they depict content that's often, like, horrible, you're never experiencing it as a viewer. Right. It's like a two-second clip. Yeah. Yeah. And this one really tried to actually pull you in and be part of the experience, which makes those uh, makes those scenes all that worse. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, because it's like, you're, you, I mean, obviously you're watching the movie, and then you get the first-person and third-person perspective from that. I mean, shit, uh, David uh, Denby from New York uh, Magazine actually said that those rape scenes were the quote-unquote sickest sequence in modern movies. <laughs> and he's Sick in what way? The sickest. 90s way, or the... <laughs> uh, I mean, that was on New York Magazine, I'm assuming, like, ill. Yeah, I mean, good. when I say ill, good. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> This is going bad, I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this is not going good. I, um, as far as also other context mentions, I thought that um, this, this came, I was reading that in the aftermath, Cameron and Bigelow had actually experienced the race riots, right? The Rodney King beating and, uh, you know, subsequent acquittals. Wow. Because they were there. And um, they, they mentioned that they had, like, helped in the cleanup. And uh, also, let's not forget, this, is, this, was written in the early, this was written in the early 90s, but it was originally devised in the late 80s, right, before we had, had a lawnmower's man, um, at a time when crime uh, had peaked in American society. I mean, we had the Stephen King lawnmower man at that time. I keep on bringing it up. I don't know why we keep on bringing it up. It's a bad movie. <laughs> it's such a bad... It's not even a good relation to the novel or the short story. So, there were some uh, critics who actually said that what she was doing, if it were directed by a man would actually be considered really sexist and hmm. misogynistic, but because it was her, it wasn't taken as such. Interesting. Hmm. And so, like, her response to that was that she wanted to treat the system fairly, because if the system's broken, then that needs to be actually shown to be broken to the viewer, hmm. to an extent. And kind of wanted to make it so in your face that it adds humanization to what's happening, in a way. Devin, did you like this movie? Uh, yeah, a lot. Did you? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I'm Max. I, it was. I'm glad you recommended it. It was fantastic. Yeah, it's a fantastic. I, it's one that like really gets overlooked a lot. And I, mean, outside of the hilarity of you know, well, them having the same name as me, uh, <laughs> I, I actually yeah. the movie's really good. And it's yeah. super unique in the actual like, portrayal of how it does everything. It's this weird gritty noir yeah. in the middle of 1995 that like nothing else was really doing at the time yeah stands out in terms of like feel of uh, what it's trying to push in terms of like views and stuff like that it's, it's great yeah I, I Max and I disagreed on this I, I think that it's a better movie than Blade Runner but that's that's only because I think the plot was so much stronger than the narrative in Blade Runner I mean I, I can see where you're coming from on that end but I, I feel like this movie that's exactly its strong point and like Blade Runner is like trying to like create this world I in know, front of yeah. you, and they're world creating. So like that's I, what they're I, focusing not, on more. I'm, I'm, it's it's a worse movie, but I liked it more because I, it had a good narrative. I think it's really trying to pull two completely different things from a similar sort of theme. Yeah, in terms of like cyberpunk. Yeah, that's a good. And point. so there's going way different. Whereas I cannot 
dislike Blade Runner in any capacity, I can kind of pick apart a few things from Strange Days that are a bit... I mean, there's some plot points that are a bit kind of flimsy. There's yeah. some acting that's questionable. Yeah. Um, I mean, that could be said for Blade Runner also. <laughs> Screw you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> fair, yeah. but, but I think we're all in agreement that it is a very good movie, and it's yeah. a rare yeah. cyberpunk noir. Like, it's one of two that we could think of, so... I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, what other ones even really show... Like, were around between Blade Runner and them that even were close to that quality. Right, you got... Like, there's... yeah. It was it was impressive, but you know what's interesting? Maybe. Well, that's the thing is like like, and what I told you last time when we were talking about this is that like, I don't find that the people that they chose out were all that famous at the time. Like to me, they yeah. didn't, weren't like. But they and, all become triple A listers. Yeah, like they all become something really big later. Um, some of them better than others. Yeah, but. Angela Bassett has an Oscar for the Color Purple. She goes on to do a bunch of stuff. She's in Roots. She's yeah. in Black Panther. I guess <laughs> yeah. a bunch of other great movies. Just before this, Ralph Fiennes was in uh, Schindler's List. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what really? Yeah. No, that it was I mean, before that's... it. Okay. But uh, Ralph Fiennes, he's he's Voldemort. He's uh, M in uh, what's it called in James Bond? Oh yeah, James Bond. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Sizemore beats his wife and like doesn't work in L.A. a lot. <laughs> no, uh, no, we we deal a lot with uh, with that. He's a D-lister now. <laughs> yeah. Um, the guy who played Philo Gant was in a couple cool things. Like yeah, Fitchner's in everything. Everything Fitchner's from Armageddon everything. to Black Hawk Down. Oh, right, and D'Onofrio's in the D'Onofrio same role. also, same yeah. thing. But yeah. uh, it was a strong cast, although well, I did think that Juliette Lewis, as much as I like her, I, I feel like she was not the best Faith. I, I don't know. She was supposed I, to be an uh, annoying character, and I think I she so. actually <laughs> held that up. <laughs> she, she was supposed to be annoying, strung out, because she was in the, in the movie, she's supposed to be a runaway who was on drugs, right. mm. a prostitute at a young age, all right. of that. And I think that how she portrays it works because she's always very disjointed she doesn't really have much like trust in people i mean she's yeah yeah that's seems very two-faced every every time like lenny tries to do something that's fair i i'm still i I don't know if if, in my mind nero it's not even a choice between angela bassett and her oh yeah yeah. in my mind as well yeah (laughs) but yeah that makes sense so yeah it was it was really good but But like that also kind of plays into what uh mace was talking about in the movie about how memories should fade Mm. And whereas Nero kept on watching the memories of him and Faith back in the day, he was unable to right. get over her, even though that the relationship was broken at that time. Right, right. he keeps on seeing the good, happy times. And he was able to feel that emotion. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Ooh, goosebumps. Quality right film, <laughs> yeah. So make sure to follow us. I am at lwongo 2 that's E-L-W-O-N-G-O-2, on Twitter. And, uh... We have a new uh, Twitter account. It's Futures... Shit. Futures Past Cast. Yep, that's at Futures Past Cast. Make sure to follow there. And uh, keep us from forgetting we have them. Please please remind us. (laughs) All right, so uh, what are we going to watch next week, Devin? I think it's time for a good old classic, Escape. Escape from... New York! Awesome. Not Escape from L.A.? I mean, Bruce Campbell's in it, so we could, like, mention it. What about Escape from Space, the Luc Besson film? I I mean, do we bring that up in that episode? We, we will. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Escape from New York, set in 97, right? Yep. I'm excited. Kurt Russell, you are my savior. Uh, so I think that's it for this episode. I want to thank Max a bunch for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was a real pleasure. You know, I wanted to say that you actually definitely had an inspiration in this. You you were one of the first people we hung out with that uh, really inspired for me uh, a love of a critical love of movies. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, Max? Ah, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of hums. That's fair. So uh, I'd like to remind you all to uh, that uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at at lwongo two e l w o n g o two, and you run the Twitter account, Devin. Yes, Futures Past account that I still have. Uh, that's at Futures Past Cast. Yeah. Um, if you, uh, I, I know you hear this from every podcast, but if you really like this, rate and review us on iTunes, specifically five stars. Apple's mechanisms basically mean that uh, getting We're five star reviews is the only thing yeah. that will get you noticed. And, uh, you know, and if you don't, hey, I, I respect that too. But, uh, all right, I think that's it. I've been Jet. I've been Devin. I am Devin. I I am still Max. And uh, thanks for watching today, and we'll uh, see you tomorrow. Sounds good.